0: Logan Thomas or not, the Washington Commanders have to take a tight end in this year's NFL draft, and I'm looking at day two as the sweet spot to do it. That and more on this Mock Draft Monday episode of Locked On Commanders.
1: Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Welcome to Commander's Fans of the On Commanders Podcast, part of the On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. We are free and available on all platforms, including the WUSA 9 Plus app on your Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick. And of course, thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. I'm your host, David Harrison, credentialed member of the media covering the Commanders for Commander Country, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me on Twitter as well, at Harrison. A fan submitted mock draft coming up on this mock draft Monday and where the sweet spot for drafting a tight end might be in this year's NFL draft. But first, why are we even talking about the sweet spot of drafting a tight end in this year's NFL draft? Because of multiple reasons. One of those reasons being Logan Thomas or not, the Washington Commanders have to absolutely grab a tight end in this year's NFL draft. And for starters, this class is probably the best we've seen in the last decade. I've seen some speculating that's the best tight end class that we've ever had in a singular NFL draft. And if that's the case, uh, which I firmly stand on the whole last decade assessment, that's that's a personal assessment. If it's if it's the best class holistically uh, we've seen in the history of the NFL draft, then you cannot. If you're an NFL franchise and you're serious about building long term success, you can't pass up on that. You can't have the opportunity to dip your cup into the best class. Of any singular position in the history of the National Football League, and pass it up—you ju- you just can't do it. Like honestly, even if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you got Travis Kelsey sitting there looking good, looking healthy, playing really well in the Super Bowl. I still say you got to take a guy. Maybe not day one, maybe not even day two, but early day three, sure, absolutely. Why wouldn't you dip your cup into that class? So for the Washington Commanders, though, I think you're going to dip your cup into that class just a little bit. Sooner. So, because this class is the best ever. Bottom line, no matter who you're tied to. Now, again, and we're talking holistically, right? There may not be a Rob Gronkowski, there may not even be a a Travis Kelsey or a Zach Ertz in this class, but holistically, from top to bottom, the amount of of talent that's in this class, from say tight end number one to tight end number twelve to fifteen, arguably the best that we've ever seen uh, in any group of guys uh, before. So. Who are the top three tight ends in this year's draft class? Now, just like every big board conversation and and, and potential projection and all that stuff, everybody's kind of got their own uh, opinions. But by and large, the top three guys in this year's class tend to be Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, and Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. Now, that kind of shifts and, and balances. You know, Some have Michael Mayer up there. Some have Dalton Kincaid up there. Most don't have Luke Musgrave at the very top, uh, but he's certainly in that top three. Uh, conversation for me personally i think dalton kincaid uh, is the top guy in this class michael Mayer second lucas luke, M- luke musgrave uh comes in third for me but there's at least six more guys that just from reading what i've read hearing what i've heard my own two eyes you know for for what that's worth i'm not an nfl scout by any means but watch a lot of football um the, the the six guys that could arguably go in the first two days darnell washington out of georgia sam laporta out of iowa Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati, Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State, Luke Schoonmaker out of Michigan, and Will Mallory out of Miami, Florida. Honestly, I think Schoonmaker up, those five guys, I think they're going. Like those five and the the three before them, so those eight tight ends, I think you're hitting those guys in the first two days no matter what. Will Mallory is kind of a back-end guy. We'll see if they slide in there, and there may be even another or or a couple more, uh, depending on how this thing goes. So... Now we get outside the class, right? Now let's look at the Washington Commanders specifically. And they absolutely have to take advantage of this year's class because Logan Thomas, I love Logan Thomas. He's a great locker room guy, great guy to talk to. Uh, I know the fans, you guys love Logan Thomas as well for what he's done, for what he continues to try to do for this team. But let's be honest here. Even as the leading tight end for the Washington Commanders in 2022, he was the fourth leading receiver on the team behind Terry McClure, of course, Curtis Samuel, the Swiss Army Knife, and then Antonio Gibson, who eventually ended up becoming your number two running back kind of your primary receiving back out of the backfield after J.D. McKissick's injury. Uh, but Logan Thomas played in 14 games, was dealing with injuries. I mean, coming off of an injury already, trying to come back from that injury and work with Carson Wentz and then with Taylor Heineke uh, back and forth. Played in 14 games, had injuries kind of throughout the season that really kind of slowed him down. Uh, he's going to be 32 by the time the next season begins. And listen, the Commanders could save a lot of money, could save some money rather, I should say, by cutting him this year. And I know there has been some speculation about whether or not he's going to get cut this year, listening to Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera talk at the NFL scouting combine. I don't think that's going to be a thing, but next season, the commanders could save about six and a half million dollars in salary cap space. If they release Logan Thomas, again, great leader. He's a captain for a reason. You know, if you can, can, can find a way to keep him, Absolutely. Great. Hopefully you stay healthy, get some production. Absolutely. Amazing. If you find a way to keep him. but if you're going based off of what, you know, this is two seasons now. That Logan Thomas has struggled with injuries. Two seasons of less than you know top shelf uh, production because of those injuries. You know, and there's only so much you can, you know, you can't pin all that on on a guy exactly. But it is what it is. Sub 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 uh, sub subpar uh, production because of the injuries. Um, and look, John Bates has been solid in spots. Cole Turner looked amazing early on. You know what I mean? These guys, but there is no clear number one, and I think that's where you kind of have to go here. Tight end number two had just 14 catches last year. That's John Bates. Tight end number three, Amari Rodgers, just five. You know what I mean? Have they flashed? Absolutely. Have they shown more than maybe people expected out of them? Definitely. But the bottom line is this team does not have a number one tight end in the making. Cole Turner had a great OTA training camp run. Ultimately, just nine targets, two catches, uh, a lot of injuries he was dealing with. Curtis Hodges uh, out of Arizona State represents Sun Devils. Also injured practice squad, injured reserve. Uh, all season long. So again, listening to comments from Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew at the Scouting Combine, it certainly sounds to me like Logan Thomas is going to be around for 2023. Both of them kind of talked about, you know, uh, looking forward to seeing him come back. So to me, that says he's he's going to come back. Of course, never say never, but uh, they do need to find their next number one tight end for after Logan Thomas's time, which all on, honestly may already be done. If he continues to struggle with injuries, continues to not be able to be 100% on the field, his Time as the number one tight end may have already come and gone. So you need to go find that guy. If it's not quite done, you're getting at least close to the end of that line. So you need to go get that guy a year early, not a year late. And if you have the best tight end class in the NFL draft history to do it with, what better time than now? The question is, where do you do it? Do you do it day one? Do you do a second round, third round? I think you got to do it at least in day one or day two. So there's a sweet spot that we need to look for for this tight end group. We're going to look for that. We're going to evaluate that in our next mock draft right here on Mock Draft Monday on Locked On Commanders. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and the calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. Built healthy is actually tasty, and they're so delicious, you're not going to realize that they're good for you. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro and peanut butter, brownie, all while maintaining amazing macros. You're talking only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein in these bad boys. For years, we've been telling you to go to Built.com and order your box. And then you sit by the mail and you wait for those delicious boxes of healthy goodness to arrive to your home. But now, you don't have to wait for the mail. You can go and get them yourself. You can go to Walmart or you can go to Sam's Club. And if you go to Walmart, you go to the pharmacy section, you can get a 4-bar box of some delicious flavors. If you go to Sam's Club, you can get a 13-bar box of some delicious flavors of course if you want to you can still go online and you can find even more amazing flavors at built.com like brownie batter puff delicious and the new and improved double chocolate built bar i already like the double chocolate built bar looking forward to trying the new and improved double chocolate built bar whatever your preference however you want to get them whatever flavors you want to get grab yourself a built bar built
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Thanks as always for making the Locked On Bears I mean, podcast first or your first view you every single day. Continuing our tight end conversation. Uh, for this mock draft Monday episode, if there's a tight end sweet spot, where could it be? We're going to go diving in for that answer. And to do so, we got to turn to our next mock draft Monday. And for this one, guys, I use the mock draft simulator simulator over at fanspeak.com. Uh, to be quite honest with you, never heard of fanspeak before. Never seen the fanspeak mock draft simulator. Uh, and the options when I went searching for new and exciting mock draft opportunities. So looking to mix it up. Uh, so I decided to give fan speak a try. If you guys are more familiar with fan speak, by all means, let me know what you think of it. Or if you decide to give it a try, let me know uh, what you think of it. Let me know if we should keep it in the rotation or, or pull it. Or if you got, if you got a recommendation, we've used PFF, we use pro football network and now we've used FanSpeak. So if you got a different favorite one out there, uh, by all means, let me know and I will give it a shot. So at number 16, again, we're, we're focusing on tight end, right? doesn't mean we're always drafting tight. end. It just means we're kind of keeping tabs uh, on this tight end class. So at number sixteen. Uh, Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer is already off the board going to the Green Bay Packers one pick before us at number 15. Uh, That leaves the top three tight ends available on the board at number 16 being Utah's Dalton Kincaid, Georgia's Darnell Washington, and Oregon State's Luke Musgrave. Now, Kincaid is the number 25 overall ranked player and the best player, best tight end uh, still available. So if you draft him here at number 16, you're taking a plus 10. You're taking him 10 spots earlier uh, than basically his big board rankings that's not a reason you shouldn't take a guy it's just kind of a a way of uh of of kind of quantifying value versus selection right so just that's more for for interest like as ron rivera says right is it important i don't think so it's interesting it could be so uh best side end on the board you're taking him 10 spots or so uh, ahead of his his projected value as far as big board value uh, is concerned and if you try this fan speak by the way i just use the most up-to-date big board uh that they had option that they had uh, available. I did have the computer use the same big board, so that we're all kind of playing uh, with, the, with the same toys here. Uh, and then uh, I think that's all the options. There was, there's a lot of options on that fan speak machine. Um, so I think those are the most important ones that you guys need to know about. So now we flip to the non-tight ends. Right, The top three non-tight end players uh, still on the board. Kentucky quarterback Will Levis is still on the board. He's the number seven overall player. Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson, number nine overall player, still on the board of sixteen. And Ohio State offensive tackle Paris Johnson Jr., the number twelve overall player uh, according to the board that I that I use for this, is still on the board. So, given those tight ends, given the players available, I gotta go Paris Johnson Jr., the left tackle out of Ohio State, number twelfth ranked player, which means we're getting him five picks after he's valued, uh, which means, of course, we're, that's that's money in the bank uh, as far as I'm concerned. Projected left tackle out of Ohio State. Supreme talent, kind of one of those guys that's kind of uh, viewed as almost like a can't miss uh, type of prospect. Maybe Charles Leno's moves, moves over to the right side. Maybe you kick the tires on Paris Johnson playing the right side. Either way, you've got yourself a top notch uh, offensive tackle coming out of a very successful program uh, there at Ohio State. Helps you secure your offensive line a little bit. Who doesn't want some of that? So that's our first round pick Paris Johnson, Jr. We don't go tight end again. Decent tight ends on the board, but we don't go there. No other tight ends come off the board in the first round, which is interesting because if you're Washington and you are looking to dip your toe into this deep tight end pool, that's exactly what you want. Is no more than one coming off the board in day one. By the time we get to number 47 in the second round on day two, Dalton Kincaid, my number one tight end on my big board, uh, and uh, number two to a lot of other people, goes to the New Orleans Saints at pick number 40. So eight spots, eight picks before this pick. Ah, uh, Dalton Kikade comes off the board. Top three tight ends available. Then Georgia's Darnell Washington at number 44. Oregon State's Luke Musgrave is number 56, and South Dakota State's Tucker Craft is number 68 overall. The top three non-tight ends on this board: so Clemson linebacker Trenton Simpson, Texas A&M safety Antonio Johnson, Auburn edge Derek Hall. Honestly. Going into this exercise, when we get to this spot, I'm kind of already thinking to myself, well, you know what, man? We might have found the sweet spot right here, and I want to look at possibly trading back. There's a lot of offensive linemen still on the board that I like. There's obviously some really good tight ends. There's some defensive players uh, that I like as well. So I kind of wanted to look at maybe doing a trade back. Fan speak, you got to pay the trade. I'm not paying the trade, guys. Just not going to do it. So we can't do the trade. So instead, I go with my heart, I go with my soul, and I take center. John Michael Schmitz, out of Minnesota, this big board's number twenty-five overall player. I get him at pick number forty-seven, so we're making some money uh, there, as as far as we're concerned. There, oh no, forty-five. Sorry, pick number forty-five. Still making money. Three spots, three picks after he's projected uh, or, or you know ranked big board-wise uh, to come off the board. So we go offensive line back to back. We got offensive tackle Paris Johnson. We got center John Michael Schmitz. Some of y'all might not like that. Offensive lineman, not super sexy, but you know what is sexy? Sam Howe getting protected and throwing bombs to Terry McLaurin. Brian Robinson Jr. getting holes and uh, running the ball for lots of yards. That's sexy. So these picks may not be sexy in April, but they'll probably be sexy in September. Rest of round two, Darnell Washington ends up coming off the board to the Chargers in round two. So that means Darnell Washington and Dalton Kincaid both come off the board in the second round. When we get back to the third, round, remember the commanders do not have a standard third round pick. So we're waiting all the way to number 97 to that compensatory pick. By the time we get back on the clock, Luke Musgrave has gone to the Arizona Cardinals at pick number 66, and Sam Laporta has gone to the Bengals at pick number 92. And I'm starting to feel like I might have identified that sweet spot more to come on that. Top three tight ends when we get back on the clock at number 97, South Dakota State's Tucker Craft, Michigan's Luke Schoonmaker, who is the number 138th player on this big board. Cincinnati's Josh Wiley, who's number 159. The top three non-tight ends, TCU's guard, Steve Avila, very interesting. Texas A&M running back, Devon Achain, the number 73rd overall player, and Georgia's safety, Chris Smith II, who's number 74 on this big board. I don't think he's going to be staying there, to be quite honest with you. Look, Steve Avila was a really attractive guy. I got to be honest with you. I know we already went tackle. I know we already went center. Siva Vila is a dude. Steve, he is a dude. I almost did it. But you know what? I think we already kind of missed the boat on the best part of, of the cream of the crop of this tight end class. Don't want to get caught without. Again, you got you to gotta get a guy. If you're the Washington Commanders, you have to get one of these tight ends in this class. Tucker Craft is probably the last of the best part of that group, in my opinion. So I go ahead and grab him, South Dakota State. And before anybody goes, oh, you know, we're just taking a guy. Look, we're getting him 40 spots after he's valued on this big board. Okay. He's the number 68 player on this big board. We're getting him at 97 uh, picks. So pick 68, he doesn't go. And then he doesn't go for the next 39 picks either, unless we take him here at that 40th pick. Tucker Craft, 6'5, 245 pounds. Lance Zerline of LFL.com compares him to Pat Fryermuth. Of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I was huge on Pat Fryermuth when he was coming out of school. Wanted either team that I covered uh, to take him. Uh, He does go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been on my fantasy roster ever since. That is a dude who could certainly contribute and turn into a number one tight end in the National Football League here very soon. The Draft Network comps him to Hunter Henry. If you get either of those guys, you're going to be happy. So a lot of offense here, not a lot of defense here. Let's see what we turn up in round four. No other tight ends come off the board in round three. Then we come back on the clock at number 118. No other tight ends have come off the board since we took Tucker Kraft either. So the top three remaining tight ends, we're not going to take any, right? But Schoonmaker is still there. Josh Wiley still there. Now Purdue's Payne. Durham, the number 160th overall player, uh, is now in that top three just kind of for administrative notice. Top three non-tight ends, Boise State Safety, J.L. Skinner, Tulane running back, Tajay Spears, and Michigan Center, Lusigat Oluwatimi. I think I said that right. Uh, the number 102nd overall player. I know we haven't gone defense yet, but I'm going Tajay Spears. Antonio gives him battling injuries. J.D. McKissick, I don't know that he comes back. We just re-signed Jonathan Williams if we're the Washington Commanders, but I need to make sure I keep that, that dual tempo, right? Ron Rivera says he loves the dual backs. Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City, they always used a multitude of running backs as well. Tajay Spears has the one-cut ability, speed, pass-catching ability. He's got some blocking ability. Pairs really nicely with Brian Robinson, frees up Antonio Gibson to do even more uh, special teams things. And look, if we need him as a receiver, we know he has some of those abilities as well. I think you have a three-headed monster there with B Rob, AG, and now T.S. Tajay. I don't know what you want. I don't know what we're going to call Tajay uh, once he gets there. We'll see what his number is. Maybe we can make something out of his out of his number. So that's our draft class. All offense. And I know some of you guys are going to hate that. Tackle Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State. Center, John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota. Tight end Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State and running back Tajay Spears out of Tulane. So where is that tight end sweet spot that we came looking for, right? Remember when I said I would trade back for number 47 if I didn't have to pay FanSpeak to do it? Well, let's go back to that real quick. At pick number 47, Darnell Washington, Luke Musgrave, and Sam Laporta are all available. But pick 47 is 10-plus picks ahead of where each of these players is projected via big board, right? So you can consider those little bit of a reach. Look, if you love Washington at pick 47, you go get Washington and and you and you don't look back. And I wouldn't hate it. I would not hate to see Darnell Washington playing in a commander's uniform uh, next year. But if you're not just in love with him, then you trade back. Like I said, you want to look about 10 spots like number 56 or so. Number 56 currently belongs to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who in this mock took defensive lineman Javon Dexter out of Florida. But two defensive linemen came off the board between pick 47 and the Jaguars pick. So what if they wanted one of those two defensive linemen more than Dexter? Maybe then they're willing to deal. Maybe then they're willing to move up. But if you do the traditional draft pick math, you could potentially get number 56 and number 88 from the Jacksonville Jaguars in exchange for number 47 and number 117. Now, if we slide back to 56 for 47, we still miss on Washington. But when you come on the clock at 56, Musgrave is still there. Uh, And then you can come back to number 88. And Oregon linebacker Noah Sewell is there. Defensive lineman Byron Young is there. I don't know if that's Alabama or Tennessee Byron Young because one of them already came off the board. I would probably say it's Tennessee Byron Young came off the board. So this would be Alabama Byron Young, who we talked about last week. So you could end up with a combination of Luke Musgrave and Byron Young instead of Tucker Craft and Tajay Spears. And you help the defense out, which I'm sure some of you will be very happy with. Or at number 56, you could go Caillou Blue Kelly, cornerback out of Stanford. And then at number 88, you come back and yes, Musgrave is gone now, but Kraft is still there, who we got number 97. So now we get a, a, a nice uh, upper tier cornerback to add to our defense, and we still get one of those top group uh, of tight ends that we talked about. So for me, the sweet spot looks like it's going to be between 50 and 65. As of right now, we'll reassess this as we get deeper into the draft process. If you can maneuver into that area by either moving back and gaining a pick and getting into that that window, or if you really want to be aggressive, you move up. From number 97 and you move into picks 50 to 65 to get one of those top tight ends. That's where I think you got to go. So if you're the Washington Commanders, as far as I'm concerned, before pick 65, you got to get one of these one of these tight ends. Uh, If not, I think the worst you can do is pick number 88. It sounds like uh, to get one of these tight ends. Enough of my mock drafting, though. In this episode, this mock draft Monday, it's time we hear from one of you, a Commanders fan with a new mock draft for us to dissect on today's episode of.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Closing well, out Mock Draft Monday here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. With a fan-submitted mock draft from Peter on Twitter at Byus Bezos. He submitted mock drafts before to us. He submitted a couple of them, actually, but he submitted a new one to the DM, uh, and I got to say, it was very intriguing, so I went ahead and decided to throw it up on today's episode, and when he sent this in, Peter said there were some senior bowl guys that he really liked, uh, like Awesome Richards, Uh, Awesome Richards, I mean, it's in the name, North Carolina's offensive tackle, and what's interesting here is that he actually trades with the other team that I cover, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Locked on Bucks podcast, com. if you're interested in that content. So he trades back from 16 to number 19 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in exchange. Uh, the commanders get second-round pick number 50 overall, so they get two top 50 picks, and they give away number 97. So now you're looking at 19, 47, and 50 in the top 53 picks. In the top 50, you can never uh, you know, shake a stick at that. And he basically says... In this scenario, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers trade up from 19 to 16 to get pit defensive tackle Kalijah Cansey. Wondering if the Buccaneers would be looking to do such a thing. I'll be honest; I think the Buccaneers, in their current situation, trying to stabilize the salary cap a little bit, I don't know that they're looking to trade up per se. But if they fall in love with Kalijah Cansey, they're gonna they would be willing absolutely uh, to trade up for him. So that's the trade that we get. PFF gives it a B minus. Uh, take those grades for what it's worth and then at number 19 the washington commander select joey porter jr cornerback out of penn state and we know that joey porter jr has met with the washington commanders in indianapolis during the nfl scouting combine so certainly a connection we have there. long aggressive man corner there are some questions about his zone capabilities and abilities uh as we get closer to the nfl draft i'll start diving deeper into watching some film on some specific targets but for now mostly relying on the guys who get paid to do this year-round. The guys over at the Draft Network, uh, we're going to have some of those guys on the show here coming up. Uh, And then, of course, guys like Lance Sternline, NFL.com, Dan Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, also of NFL.com. But what I do know about Joey Porter Jr., just from being a Big Ten fan, watching him, talking to him, uh, and watching the games that I have seen, super aggressive, super long, more of a Benjamin St. Juice type than a Kendall Fuller type, absolutely would like the pick just as long as we don't leave him uh, alone in his first year out there in zone, because you might have some William Jackson flashbacks if we do that. Moving into the second round, pick number 47, uh, the Washington Commanders grab guard, Steve Avila. I've already said this dude is a dude. So, you know, I like that pick. That gives you another interior offensive lineman. Uh, you know, depending on what you do with Sam Cosme, maybe you shore up the inside. Of the offensive line there that way we come back now pick 53 picks later and we land Center Luke Whippler out of Ohio State for the Washington commanders uh and if Steve, Steve avila is a dude Luke Whippler is that other dude so I'm I'm a big fan of that and then round four pick number 118 that's a long pick and I'm gonna be in Ashburn guys that's 68 69 picks I gotta wait uh for another I, I might take a nap I might just bring a sleeping bag and just take a nap but you know what it'll be worth it uh because at pick number 118, lane linebacker, Dorian Williams. I had a little side conversation with Dorian at the Scouting Combine. He's a good dude. Uh, trust me. You want to talk about a guy who's can? he got some range, got some ability, tackle ability, heart, determination, and he's going to represent your organization well? Dorian Williams is that guy. So shout out to him. Uh, even if he doesn't go to Washington, I will be watching his career and rooting for him as a young man. Uh, absolutely. Round five, pick 152, guard Chandler Zavala out of North Carolina State. Round six. We got two picks. Awesome. Richard's awesome pick out of North Carolina offensive tackle linebacker. Aubrey Miller Jr. From Jackson state is the sixth round pick. And then in the seventh round, we've got fullback Hunter Lipke at a North Dakota state. And who doesn't like a big physical guy to add to your football team? Look, let's recap this trade back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go from 16 to 19, collect number 50, get it rid of number 97. You get Joey Porter Jr. To add to your defense, Steve Avila and Luke Whippler. To at your offensive line, linebacker Dorian Williams, Chandler Zavala, and awesome Richards. Also, linebacker Aubrey Miller Jr. and fullback Hunter Lipke. Peter, I will tell you right now that I am a fan of that mock draft. And if the Washington Commanders went that way, uh, I would applaud them. That would be a very, very solid class. So I appreciate you coming through with that. We do have some other fan submitted mock drafts uh, that we've got in the shoot for future episodes of Mock Draft Monday. I may just have to do a complete fan mock draft Monday episode uh, just because you guys have been so awesome. So, again, continue to send those in. The best way to do it, send them in the DMs on the Locked On Commanders Twitter page, or you can send them to my own Twitter page uh, in the DMs. The DMs are open. Either way, get in the action like Peter did. Again, great job, Peter. Great job to all of you guys. I mean, you guys have been bringing heat all uh, offseason long, and, and and I'm sure we'll continue to do so. Can't wait for the first moves to start coming in so you guys have a little bit more place pieces in place uh, to start maneuvering around. So until then, thank you guys again for making the Locked On commanders podcast. First listen to your first watch of the day. Now make your second listen or view the locked on NFL draft podcast. Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into the sleepers and hidden gems. that can change your favorite NFL franchise, find locked on NFL draft wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of locked on podcast network, your team every day we will have Damian and coach K on this show in the coming days and weeks uh, leading up to the NFL draft. Believe that. If you want to join the conversation, drop your comments here on YouTube or hit us up on the email or in the emails at lockedonwashingtoncommanders.gmail.com. Or again, best place to go is the DMs at LO Commanders or at DHarrison82. Again, I've been David Harrison, your host here, writer for SI.com's Fan Nation's Commander Country, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another. And as always, I thank you for joining me right here